0: Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast. With intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture.
1: Imagine if you were on a deserted island somewhere and somebody threw a Bible out of an airplane and it hit you on the head. You picked it up and you turned to the front of the book and it says, in the beginning, God. It doesn't say, will you consider this? Maybe. How about? Once upon a time. The Bible just goes boom! In the beginning was God.
0: You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now, open your hearts to what God's word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs.
1: I would mark this down for us as believers when we're defending our faith. Maybe you're not a Christian tonight. You need to hear this. In John chapter 1, Jesus uh, there is revealed in the Gospel of John as being God in, in skin, God come to earth in flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says there that in the beginning was the word. And by the way, this in the beginning, this is not in the beginning of uh, spirit creation. This is the beginning of the physical universe. In the beginning, here is Genesis 1-1. How about that? Okay? And so in the beginning was the Word. The Logos was at the beginning. In the beginning. Of all that is created. And the Word was with God. So there is this... Relationship, all of a sudden we have the word. What let's play ignorant for a moment. We don't know much, all we just know that when when the beginning happened, the word was there. The word was with God. So now we've got a relationship going. And the word was God. Right at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, Genesis 1, 1, you've got, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that word is Elohim, which is a, a, a Hebrew word, which means that God is a single, listen, single plurality. F- figure that one out. That's who he is. And the word was God, verse two, and he was in the beginning with God, so now it's personalized, he, pronoun. Verse three, all things were made through him. Who? Who made all things? Read your, look, read your Bible carefully. If your answer is God, of course God made all things. But this verse and other verses is asking you to dial that down. God, in his singular plurality, tapped One person of the Trinity to be the contractor, the carpenter, if you would. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Wow. Verse 14, John chapter 1, verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. And the word is tabernacled, dwelt, lived among humanity, among us. Why is Christianity claiming to be the only right way to God, the only way to God? You ain't got that message in any religion on the face of the earth throughout all time and eternity. That message right there tells us that what God did is God came down. Christianity is the message that announces that it's God who came down to save us, not us developing a religion to reach up to God. There's a big difference. God's word. Why does Christianity claim to be right? It's all rooted upon the word. Listen to this. Isaiah 55, beginning at verse 9. Isaiah 55:9 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth... So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and as the snow from heaven and does not return there but waters the earth and make it uh, bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11 is the punchline. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God speaking. And it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. The power of God's word. When we say that we are Christians, and when we say that Christianity is the only way, we are not saying that we uh, have established anything, we've created anything. Please, critic, if you're in the house, if you're watching right now, Christianity is the only way and it would be the only way if I believed it or not. Does that help you swallow that a little bit? If I was an absolute atheist, Christianity is still the only way. Who says? God says. That's his claim. Nowhere with all due respect, nowhere in the Bible, does God in any way, shape, or form ask you to follow people He doesn't tell you to follow a priest. He doesn't tell you to follow an evangelist or a pope or an imam or a rabbi, does he? It's him that he is to lead us and we are to pursue him. Psalm 138, verse 2. For you have magnified your word above all your name. That's what God says about his word. Listen, that's a big deal, his word. God says, I revere my word above all. And the reason why I'm a Christian is because God's word's true. Church, listen, do you struggle? Do you struggle with doubt or with fear? Or do you, do you really sometimes wonder, man, is God really going to let me into heaven? I don't deserve it. Whatever your thoughts might be, you need to understand something. That if you've turned to Christ and trusted him as Lord and Savior, that has affected your life and he has saved you. He he has put his Holy Spirit in your life. And how do you know? Because you love his word. Listen, do you always obey his word? No, I wish I did. I want to. And in fact, when I do not obey his word, I'm the first one to agree with him that I've disobeyed his word. You know what that's called? Repentance. God, I shouldn't have gotten angry about that. I shouldn't have that attitude about that. Are you with me? The power of his word transforms our lives. So here we go. Consider the Bible's self-claims. And by self-claims, what I mean by that is, without apology, the Bible makes statements of its veracity. And it just just lays it out there. And I mentioned to you last time that the Bible says, Genesis 1-1, imagine if you were on a deserted island somewhere and somebody threw a Bible out of an airplane and it hit you on the head. You picked it up and you turn to the front of the book and it says, in the beginning, God. It doesn't say, will you consider this? Maybe, how about, once upon a time. <laughs> the Bible just goes, boom! In the beginning was God. The Bible makes an assumption and makes a claim that everybody knows that, or you should know it. I argue that you do know it. So are you saying Richard Dawkins knows it? Oh, I think Richard Dawkins knows it well. I really do. Some of these guys that parade themselves as atheists, you know what? I would rather trust the word of God and the power of God's word than what some man is telling me about, especially, listen, the Bible says that God has imprinted upon every human being his eternal Godhead and power. If you want to read that more, it's Romans chapter 1. Self-claims of the Bible. For example, 2 Timothy 3.16. This is what the Bible says about itself. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Boom. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. What does that mean? The Bible is the authoritative word of God and if you read it and apply it to your life, your life's going to be radically different. Amen. And he's faithful. See, I don't believe it. Why don't you give him a chance? Why don't you give him a chance? I preached the gospel in Moscow, Russia, and an evolutionary biologist came up to me. I was preaching outside in Red Square. This was 1993. And a Soviet Russian scientist came up and said, I'm an evolutionary biologist and I've been raised and taught that there is no God. Everything that you said, I don't understand. A word you said, I've never heard this before, but something inside striking my heart. And this is, I tell you what, this is awesome being a Christian. I told him, when you go home tonight, we talked, we talked about the gospel and all, and then I said, when, we, when you go home tonight, you, you, you get into your flat and you ask God if this conversation today that you and I had, you ask God if it's true. And he said, what if I don't believe in God? And I said, I'm, I, don't, I don't even care about that. Just go and ask him. Now, there's a little bit of a trick to that. If he goes home and claims and tells himself, I don't believe in God, hello God, I don't believe in you. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? God moves on the heart, and he's moving on your heart. And he's moved on our hearts. Self-claims of the Bible. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, every word of God is pure. Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. It's liberating, transforms you. The Bible's effectiveness in our lives is absolutely awesome. Think about the declarations of the Bible. We'll run through these, declarations. And you do understand we're scratching the surface of this infinite truth of who he is. Declarations of the Bible, John 17, 17 for one. Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That was the prayer of Jesus. Jesus is praying to his father, speaking about the flock that was in front of him. And every one of you here tonight who are Christians, Jesus prayed, Father, sanctify them. Did you know that's Jesus' desire for you? That your life would be set aside for him? That's an awesome declaration. What about Psalm 17, verse 8? Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Is that beautiful? Think about that for a moment. You know what the apple of your eye is? Keep, um, the psalmist is saying, um, I want my relationship to be with you so, so, so sensitive, so tender, that it's as tender as taking uh, a, a stick and, and poking the cornea. It's the cornea of your eye. Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty sensitive the apple of your eye that's what that means and then how beautiful to speak to communicate to us in comforting terms that God's desire is to cover you to protect you as as it were under the shadow of his wings little birds that are harmless and helpless will take refuge under the wings of the mother hen or the eagle God says i want to be like that to you the God of the Bible does that. That's why I'm a Christian. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but there's no, better, there's no better show in town, ladies and gentlemen. So, well, you're a Christian then by default, that's the best show in town? No, it's the only show. Oh, is that why you believe because there's nothing else? No. It's because he's the only one that's true. He's the only truth there is, and he says in Isaiah twenty-six three. Oh, you're going to run to write. This is this is one to write down. God says to you tonight, you will keep him. God will keep him. Keep you. Keep her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, anchored. Is your mind fixed on God? Is your life tormented? Are you tormented? Is something going on and you're just disheveled of spirit? Your soul is cast down. God says, I, listen, I will give you peace. I'm going to bless you because your mind is stayed. The word is anchored to me. Some of you may be going through horrific things of life and you don't even know to go left or right, stand up, sit down, you don't know what. You, don't, you, don't, you lost all bearings. Have you ever been hit so hard spiritually like that in the stomach where you lose your, lose, uh, lose the wind, your wind, get the wind knocked out of you? And it's just like, you know what? I don't know what's up, I don't know what's down. God help me. You know the moment you cry out to him, Christian, in your situation, That pain and that grief, you're actually having your heart anchored to him when you do that. That's why in your Christian life, when something happens, you run toward him. You don't run from him. Sometimes a Christian will run from him. That's called a backslidden Christian. They run. They don't get very far. A child that belongs to God, if they panic and run... He'll only let them go so far. (laughs) But he says, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you trust God? The declarations of God, I love this one. This, This sounds so New Testament, but it's not. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You know, he spoke that to the Jews and that's not yet fulfilled, it's coming. Oh, that's gonna happen, by the way. Ezekiel 36, 26 will be ultimately fulfilled in the tribulation period. It's it's given to the Jew and you say, oh, I like that verse, I was just gonna memorize it, but it's a Jew verse? No, it's, it's a Gentile verse too, you can take it if you want it. No, seriously, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ, right? I had somebody really get upset one time because, I, hey, Pastor, heard your favorite verse. is Jeremiah 29, 11. I go, that's right. And he goes, you can't, you can't lean on that verse. That's not available to you. You're not a Jew. Yeah, that's what the guy said. I said, well, it's worked for 40 years. It's been doing pretty good in my life so far. I said, but the truth of the matter is, friend, and he had some messed up theology, I'll tell you that. But um, God says in Chronicles, I'll bless any nation that repents of its sin and comes to me. Doesn't the world need to hear that verse today? Isn't that wonderful? Wow. And then number four, we'll end with this. We'll be done with it here. Why does Christianity claim to be right? Because you must consider one of the most unique things of the Bible is that it's known as its eschatological assertions big words eschatological assertions so what does this mean only the bible out of all the books of the world have has had the audacity and the hutzpah to be somewhere in the area of 33% prophetic about the future the bible the Bible is prophetic in nature, futuristic, that is. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 18, Jesus said, Do not think that I've come to destroy the law and the prophets. By the way, everything in the law and the prophets, Jesus right here, just said, I agree. Any red letter, any red letter Bible Christians here that I only read the red letters of Jesus? You know the people, there's people like that. They're called red letter Christians. Have you heard them? They only read the red letters of the Gospels because they don't like what the rest of the Bible says. (laughs) Well, guess what Jesus said in those red letters? Right here, (laughs) Jesus is saying, I'm for the whole book from start to finish. God speaks the future in advance, he puts it down on paper, and then you watch for it to happen.
0: This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener-supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Real
1: life,